This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Football And they all wear a whistle, yeah it's stupid But what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25 Whistles 25 Whistles Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Download the DraftKings app and use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action Let's go A little week? Yeah, it's Pro Bowl, who cares? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Bowl week! Uh, so, Eddie and I, are, we're going to throw to us, because Eddie and I are in California on a little uh, setup that we're recording out there, and let's throw to us now. I hope it works. Me too, God. <laughs> I hope we, when I go, okay, go. That it's a lot of cables, hearing us. Okay, here we go. We're hoping this works, because we've never just taken the kit with us on the road without Mike D, and Mike D is the savior of all good audio. Wait, what do you mean? No, no, no it's, it's, it's working. I see, I see it moving. I don't trust that 100% what you see is the reality and somehow it's going to get back. But we are in Pebble Be- Well, we're in Monterey. Uh, Carmel Car- by the Sea. Man, it's all so fancy here in every way, all the towns. Carmel I, by the well, Sea. Well, I walk around today, I was like, is this Carmel? <laughs> I think you're talking about the candy. Well, I did ask for sweet tea at a fish, seafood. No, I wouldn't say fancy, but... Uh, uh, legit play. I don't know. What do you call it? Uh, a very nice uh, yeah, seafood restaurant. But it was like, not just nice, like fancy. T- it wasn't even fancy. It was, what do you call something when it's like pure, real? What kind of restaurant? Authentic. That's it. Thank you. I'm so tired. Eddie and I have been on a golf course since six o'clock this morning <laughs> for three days. And it's the greatest thing ever, but I'm also tired. I've also been really sick um, for a bit. Um, so let me just start with a couple things in my mind right now. Uh, what I want to get to definitely is Tom Brady retirement. Also, it's the Pro Bowl this weekend, so uh, almost DGAF about football. Mm-hmm. And on my Twitter feed now, I get fights all the time. You get on Twitter at all? Kind of. Not I, really. I get videos of people fighting all the time. How, why? Are you like in an algorithm? I don't like watching fights because for the, for the most part, I don't like watching people get punched. Yeah. And I don't like people just fighting. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable in school. I wasn't someone that was like, oh, fight, let's go watch. But I watch them, and there's this account called Fight Haven, and it pops up. I'm clicking into it now, so it's going to give me them again for sure for okay. a while. So you're not following them. They just pops up. I don't up. follow them, but it pops okay. up in my For You, which at first I hated on Twitter because I was like, why does Twitter need a For You? Right. And it's actually pretty good because it's the same stuff that I follow, just a couple other things that are like it, and I like it. And so, but they keep giving me fights from Fight Haven. And what I like about these fights is it's always somebody doing something mean or dumb or picking on and then getting their butt whooped. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a superhero movie. Yeah. And so this guy. But you, I, so you do like watching them. I don't yeah. like to really watch the bodies, the fists flop into the faces <laughs> and the, uh, that, the, that physical part, man. But there's was one customer in a restaurant I'm watching right now. He goes in, he's pissed about something. And he's like yelling at the store owner. Store owner's probably two thirds of what the customer is size wise. Okay. And the store owner was like, hey, man, all good. Let us, let's get fixed up. And the guy starts to be really aggressive and walks back into the kitchen. And so the store owner's like, no, you can't go back there. And he shoves the store owner. Store owner, still cool, chill. His shorter, skinnier cook, chef, waiter, I don't know, comes back. And it's like, hey, there's no need for this. 
the customer who's huge and like Tommy Bahama shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> takes a big right, right cross swing at him. And the owner just takes about a half, half head back and the guy misses. Well, he's just in his momentum. The owner throws him in like the big sink. Yeah. And then the other guy comes in and they just start pounding this dude. Yes. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Shouldn't make a plane about your French fries being cold. <laughs> but I don't like fights, but I like it when people get their just due. Yeah, there's always better when like they deserve it. Yes. And there I was, agree with that. There's the other one I was watching a minute ago on the toilet was there was this he looked like he's about fifteen and he was about half the size as when you look at that, it makes me feel like we're not on. on we're not recording. We're on. I'm just double checking it. Oh my it. god. And so this guy's probably, he looks like a senior in high school, and he's picking on the kid, and he's like choking him. And he keeps, sh- he chokes him and shoves him back. Chokes him again, shoves him back. And this kid is like, all right. So the big kid then takes him and shoves him to the ground hard. And this little guy, I don't know what he does kickboxing-wise, does some sort of Mortal Kombat ground spin, <laughs> wipes the dude out, kicks him in the face. Now, do you remember how to his hand did like the claw when he had a concussion? <laughs> yes. It's what happens yeah. to the big guy on the ground. He gets whooped and the little kid is little 14. It's much smaller standing over him going, now what would you like me to do? Now what would you like me to do? I mean, and the big dude is out. out. And so I don't like fights, but I do like justice. Yeah. And so but they give them to me all the time. Hmm. And I just got a bunch more because I keep telling you about it. Yeah. And I've been on this one video for like and it's listening 15 to minutes. Talk yes. about this. Um, anyway, so for you, page good. Fight Haven, good. Uh, lots of golf, good. Brain, a little tired. Yeah. Um, but we are in Pebble Beach playing golf in the Pebble Beach Pro Am. We played all the practice rounds this week and have a lot of stories and a lot of notes to tell you about. And but I'm going to start first with Tom Brady retiring, which it just popped up on my feed today under Fight Haven, and then he got beat up by. <laughs> But that's Giselle, okay, because he deserved it. Yeah, Giselle went cross-body on him, and I was like, you know what? Justice is served. That's right. Uh, but no, he gets on and says his stuff, and that's it. Here's why I liked it. Nobody broke it. Schefter or Rappaport didn't break it. Then there wasn't speculation waiting for a message from him or a cryptic tweet, or they're not going to talk to Teddy Bruschi about what he thinks. He's like, hey, I'm good. Basically, it's been awesome. Owns basically owns every record. Sure, he even has the most fantasy points ever. Really, mm-hmm. that's a cool record. He has, yes. So good for Tom Brady. I did not think he would retire this year. I thought he'd go one more. And I think, like we always do with the greatests, when we live with them, we begin to take them for granted because it's normal. Anything normal, we take for granted because it's every day. Normal every day. We start to go, oh, this is every day, so it's normal. I, you know, in five, seven, ten years. We're going to get to go, like I did when I was very young, like you did. Oh, I, I watched Michael Jordan play. Mm-hmm. And that'll be Tom Brady 20 years from now. Like, I watched Tom, I watched Tom Brady play. And we took it for granted. Uh, yeah, for sure. Watched him win all those Super Bowls. We expected the Patriots to be what they were. Um, you know, Brady gets hurt, and um, they're not, you know. He really made winning Super Bowls look easy. Just even getting to them. All of, all yes. of that. Yeah, you just ex- it was, there was an ex- expectation. There was an expectation of greatness that he set. Yeah. And with that, there was an expectation that once he reproved his greatness, he was going to let you know he wasn't expected to be great based on how much he got to play at Michigan, where he was drafted, that picture at 
the uh, the pre-draft uh, workout, the 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 uh, in, Indianapolis combine. Thank you, a little brain fry. Where he's just no shirt in boxers, and it looks like lo- the Long John Silver's guy. <laughs> yeah, he looked like just a dude. So all of it. So it was just that cycle of he wins, he wins big, he continues to win big. He reminds you he shouldn't be winning big, and it's almost like well, if Tom Brady's could do it and i don't think this is true i can do it but it was cool to see somebody drafted so late somebody that didn't really get a big run at, at starting starting quarterback in michigan um it's awesome so he's the best ever i'm sure we'll do a longer thing at some point as he's the best ever and what do you say and he retired today and there's no drama about it and i can respect that as well because there was drama before. last time <laughs> and he did say that he's like you know i'm not gonna do it last time mm-hmm. you can only write off once right and well, I, no, that's not true brett Favre wrote off like well, nine times he, he i like i like what he said though like i like that he just said you know what like the all the drama behind the first time around not gonna do that he did say this you are the first to know do you think he really meant that like i know Shafter didn't break I, I know he said that but do you really believe that like I'm going to let my people know on social media. I'm going to go by the beach, sit by these condos, and talk to the the fans, and they're going to be the first to know. At that level, if you tell anyone that has connections, and those connections have connections and relationships, even his agent, I would be afraid that what would happen like last time happens again. All over again, yeah. So this is a world built on relationships, not just football, not just NFL, the world who gets hired for this job who and so i think he probably had some people and he was like man i'm really nearing a decision and yes i do think that him getting on that was letting everybody know at the same time even the people that knew he was about to make a decision i think people knew he was about to make his decision Mm -hmm. but i don't think he wanted that to happen again because then it's just a bad look and then you're remembered always for being that brett Favre. yeah because that's our final but most distinct memory is him deciding if he's coming back him being in the airport being chased over the top by helicopters he's going to the minnesota vikings as <laughs> it was like oj uh, it was ridiculous it was ridi- but it was ridiculous so many times uh-huh. that like that's what you think about now so yes i do i think there were people knowing he was about to make a decision and maybe they knew he leaned but not enough to be able to go and call one of the guys chef to report because they would go unnamed sources say brady's yeah. done oh for sure and you can be an unnamed source, but yes. I mean, and there are times it happens. I'll give you a story that I don't think I've ever told before similarly, and I'm not comparing the two. You've retired before? Uh, seven times, actually. Oh. This week. <laughs> no, Every not, day. That was just a golf round. And, oh, okay. Um, so one of my dearest friends was a professional tennis player. His name is Andy Roddick, and Andy was number one in the world, Uh, For a while, he uh, won U.S. Open, went to the Wimbledon finals so many times. He was America's best tennis player forever. He was, like, in the top 10 for, like, longer than any other player at the time. Whatever, some crazy crazy stats, right? And there wasn't really much debate as to when he was going to retire, like, it's going to happen now or it's going to happen in six months. But he was getting a little older in the tennis world, and I'm going to speak for him. I'm going to be wrong in some of these places. Um, and Andy was really strong. And where he could just bully people at times with his strength and athleticism that oh, way. Yeah. Some of the other guys were getting 
not as strong, but they were getting strong, but they also played a different style of tennis, which is why Andy never got far in the French because you had to be able to move. Oh, yeah. Like Nadal, Nadal always on the French because he is all over the Fast. place. And that, that, that clay takes some of the oomph out of the ball. Yeah. So anyway, all the physics of tennis aside, it's just a random morning. I'm just going to assign a day to the story on a Monday, and I get a call from Andy who, when he was in the States, not playing tennis all over the world, we hung out like really good amount or we made a point to just see each other. Cause you know, I don't have a huge friendship group that I keep really close and neither did he, frankly. And he calls me and he goes, Hey man, I'm retiring. And I'm like, wait, I never, I didn't think he was retiring. I knew in the next five years. And I'm like, what do you mean you're retiring? He goes, I'm retiring. I just woke up this morning and I'm going to go play the U S open. It's my final one. And I just want you to know before I tell anybody else, because I'm going to go out and tell the media now. And I'm sure he told his mom and his dad, but sure. I think I was in that first little block of friends he called. He goes, hey, it'd be really cool if you came up and went to this tournament with me or watched my fight. So I was like, oh, obviously. And then I didn't even have any money. It's not like now where I'm wildly loaded, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so loaded. Yeah. So I was in Austin, got a flight, went up. and But he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe Tom Brady also just decided. I see what you're saying. This is my point. Maybe he just kind of woke up and went, yeah, I think I'm done. It seemed like it. I think I'm done. And Because I saw that happen to Andy, who was yeah. elite in his sport. So that's what makes me think. I don't think that's all like a PR thing. It could be a little bit of a PR thing where he doesn't want to go out remembered like that. But I think he, it, it could have been him going, I got to make a decision. And he just wakes up and is like, I don't want to do it again. And you know what? Like, it's really good that he did that instead of waiting two more seasons and having three bad seasons. But I don't think he would have. I think he had another couple. I th- Listen, I think if he goes somewhere with a good offensive line where he can run play action. You think he could have been good again? I think he could have been pretty. I think he could have been top 15 quarterback. It's just tough because you don't know that. It's true. I, but you don't either. And there I, were times this season when they did get their running game going. Because, again, Brady's not mobile. Never has been mobile, no, never, by the way. It's not ever. like the old age no, thing no, has no, made him never. not mobile. Maybe a little less not mobile. But with Brady, if you, can, if you don't have a running game, if Blunt's not there, if they're not getting four yards a pop, it does not open play action, which, which opens Brady's skill set completely. When Brady's running play action, he's got the defense at the palm of his hands mm-hmm. because they've got to respect the run, and he still had the arm. Nobody ever questioned his arm. Yeah. So I think he had another. But what's he going to do? Go to San Francisco? Not now. No. Especially, I mean, it's a UCL tear for Purdy. One where it's one of the UCL injuries. They're they're continuing to go. Maybe by the time this comes out, they'll know what's up specifically. But it could be six months out. It could be less. And it's not a full reconstruction. They're saying, which would be real bad, and yeah. probably have to miss next season or enough of it to matter. I think. Purdy's probably the guy. And I'll tell you why, because I used to say he had to get to a Super Bowl to for sure be the guy. I think because he got hurt early and first of all, had a, had a great season. Sure. Won all those games in a row as a rookie. La la, we know the story. Tom Brady's story, Mr. Relevant. The fact that he played so well and the only time he didn't win is when he got injured in the first six or seven plays. And then now that we know how bad, he came back into the game. He did. With a torn knowing he was hurt i know and then that's like well they're not throwing bro's got one arm (laughs) the fact that he was on that field taking snaps and it shows you like the dedication that he has you know because i think you said it you saw 
McCaffrey throw a pass. McCaff- when, once I saw McCaffrey warming up, I'm like, this is we're in trouble. You, didn't you say? Because again, I didn't get to watch all of it because we were um, we were listening to it out with our first day here. Yeah. Or watching it in a bar TV, I didn't see him like looking at playbook pages. Oh yeah, dude, they had the play- the offensive coordinator was, had the playbook out. McCaffrey was looking through it, kind of almost like counting two fingers, three fingers, left pointing to the left, pointing to the right. I mean, cramming, cramming for the five plays that he was about to go in and do. Crazy! I've never seen that before in my life. Like he's got a physics final in two hours. <laughs> like his tutor, okay, his look, head. man, so much bones that that, that he was. There were they had two helmets. They had his running back helmet and they had his quarterback helmet. They did. And they were literally changing the, the face mask. I did not know that. Yes. And they were changing the face mask, being like, all right, this is going to be your helmet when you go in as quarterback. Because you're not going to be able to see with your running back helmet. That's crazy. Crazy. And San Francisco, really good team. It sucks that they lost like that. Yeah. Because they didn't even have a shot. Screw San Francisco. I don't like them, but yes. Yeah. They didn't have a shot. Sucks. So uh, that's our football version of this. Now, I've taken a bunch of notes from over the past few days. I'm going to tell you guys. First of all, a bit how we got here and exactly where we are and set the scene. Um, so we're in Pebble Beach. Well, the courses are in Pebble Beach, California. There's an event called the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which they bring out celebrities and they team them with pros and you just try to play well. And there's a whole system based on what your handicap is. And I don't have a very good handicap. It's fine. It's not good. I'm not, I'm not what you'd say. I'm a good golfer. I'm an average golfer. Occasionally, I can play, and I, occasionally I can hit hit it well, but I'm okay. And so, a few months ago, and it, and everything will be out by the time this comes out, so I can tell the whole story. A few months ago, I was like, "Hey, you should come out and be the alternate," because it was way late. They had already invited everybody, but they were like, "We want you to come out." And Ben Rector, who's a really good friend of mine, was the alternate last year, and he played. And and so I called Ben. I was like, "Hey, should I be there?" He's like, "Yes, should be, it's an awesome week." You should be the alternate because there's a good shot you'll get to play. And so I was like, great. So I commit, and by the alternate, it means I'm coming out, playing all the practice. I didn't even know I needed a caddy at this point. I'm just coming up, me and Caitlin and I. And so I was coming out, and um, we're here with staying in the same house with Jake, Owen, and Erica because they are like our close life friends. And so at the check's like, I'm going out. He plays in it every year. He big. He's the one that got me like mm-hmm. the connections to even get here. And he's like, "We'll just stay in the same house, and I'll show you." So whatever. So if Jake and Eric are gonna be there, let's go. So I say, "Yep." Do some promo work for him. I'm super excited just to get invited. We are ready to go. We got everything booked. We got. They say. Eddie, uh, then Jake goes, "Oh, you need a caddy," and I'm like, "Well." What do you mean? Like one from the clubhouse? He goes, no, you should bring somebody that you think would be... Hello? Come down if you want. It's like somebody at the top of the stairs. It sounds like... Well, everybody's upstairs and I think everybody wants to come be on the podcast. (laughs) But I know this will be a nine-hour podcast. (laughs) Eddie's like, we should get Jake. And I'm like, why does that Jake for an hour on the Bobbycast? I've been with Jake for four days and I know, yes, it'd be great, but it'd be three hours long. Jake could talk sports. For sure, but it'd be three hours long. That's true. Dude, Florida State, right? <laughs> dude, Warwick done. Tom Brady, dude. Yeah, for, for sure he could. Um, I'm losing my voice already, as you uh-huh. can see. <laughs> so we, uh, we were. So I say, I say to Eddie, "You want to go and caddy for me? You have to be gone for like yeah, six days. That's tough. Would you have four kids and a wife? You have and, four kids, and we both knew the answer was probably no. Mm-hmm. And you said, I- "I'll ask, 
but I'm going to wait for the right spot to ask. You have to wait for those right moments when you ask for a big ask like this. And waited a couple days. So much so that's a dude, do you have an answer? You're like, haven't had time yet. Give me till tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And then you said, she didn't say no. And I'm like, wow, that's Those awesome. were her words. She's like, I'm not saying no. Just give me a few days to think about it. So then Eddie's like, yeah, I'm in. So I'm like, this is amazing. So it's Eddie and I here. And there's celebrities everywhere. And it's not like Nashville famous where everybody's like, hey, good to see you, even when they don't care. And some of your friends, some of you aren't, but you still like nice. This is like people that are famous and they are secure in what they do. And they're just awesome. Everybody's in so nice. Everyone. Because nobody feels threatened. About any, even bad golf, me. I was talking to Eric Church today. And I, and I was like, I, I, got, I have to leave. And I'll tell us in a second. He goes, oh, man, it gets okay. I suck anyway. So I told him. He goes, you probably don't suck. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm like a 12 or a 13 handicap. And he goes, oh, man. I said, see? He goes, no, I'm a 15. <laughs> Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Uh, I like insulted him accidentally. <laughs> so, but I tell you, Eric and I talk for longer as like normal people today than I've ever talked to him my whole life yeah. in Nashville because it's always based around something in Nashville. Yeah, it's a different setting here. Mm-hmm. So, and and everybody's got like a golf. We're all excited to like play golf at nice places because we're all just kids still. Yeah. So, okay. So I wrote some notes down. I'm going to bring it up and then we'll talk about each of them. Okay. Ron Rivera. Oh my gosh. Ron Rivera. He's a large man. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Is now the head football coach of the Washington Commanders. And we're in this room, and we all wear name tags. It doesn't matter if you are Ray Romano, who's here. Who everyone knows. Or if you're me, who nobody knows. knows. Right. (laughs) Everybody wears them, and nobody's like, I ain't wearing a lanyard. It's because... You, it's just the rule. Yeah. You just wear it. And even the people that are working are like, I have to do my job. I'm sorry. They're like, I know who you are, Mr. Obama, but I need to see your lanyard. <laughs> okay. You're good to go yes. in. So everybody's, and you, I'll post pictures of it. And he's wearing his lanyard. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Rivera, my name's Bobby. Just want to say, you know, love. I said, I didn't say like love how you coach, but I was just like, love the integrity that you that you show and what you're known for. And I have friends that, that know him a little bit. And he was like, Oh man, wow. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And as he, then he then asked me a question, which means he's not bothered by me saying yeah. what, cause even if he's bothered, he's going to be nice. And if he doesn't ask a question, he's like, Oh man, thanks. Yeah, cool. And then he's waiting for you to say, can I take a picture or he's waiting for you to leave? But that didn't happen. He was like, Oh yeah. He said, where do you, where do you, where do you live? Told him. And then Eddie walks up right about that time. And Eddie's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> I'm always wearing a cowboy hat. He immediately goes to Eddie's cowboy hat. <laughs> he, he looked at me almost like, what the crap are you wearing? Like, who did you are think, you? Did you think about that as you were walking up no. to him? Because I didn't either. No, not at all. I forgot I had a cowboy's hat on. But he looked at me like, you know, like who, almost squinty eyed. Like, who is this guy? Funny. Like, like who is like, this who guy? Who is this guy? Yep. And I got, and I'm just going coach. It's one of my favorite things in the world to call a coach, coach. Like, you know, like I don't need to call them by my name, by their name. It's like, coach, good to meet you. And he shakes my hand, but he shakes my hand bones and he just like keeps the shake going. And then looks at my face, looks at my hat. And says, I don't like that hat of yours. 
And I forgot. I forgot you had the hat on too. I forgot I yeah. had the hat on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, Commanders, Cowboys, of course. He was so nice. I was shocked at how much uh, information he was telling you. Oh yeah, so I say, hey, what do you guys gonna do about quarterback next year? Like you Just asked seeing that if question. he would say because what am I? How often am I going to talk to him? I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> so I'm just like, hey, what's up with the quarterback? And do you remember what he said? Uh, yeah. I, well, who was he? T- no, I don't really remember. He's talking about, if I'm correct here, Sam Howell. And he, he was like, I like how, we really like how Sam played last year. Let me make sure it was Sam before I just start saying stupid stuff. And so he was like, yeah, he looked great at the end of the, I think it was Sam. Because Sam would be the rookie quarterback who's I think third that, string. Yeah. And so, because uh, it was Carson Wentz, then Heineke, Heineke, then back to Carson Wentz, uh-huh. then Sam Howell played the last game. And, I'd, and against Dallas, maybe, I think Sam Howell played. Did the last game, did he not? I don't think so. Let me check it out. But I'm on my phone, so I don't have my, I don't have Mike D looking up. I know. So, I'm just like, oh, that's awesome, because you know, he spins the ball so well. We've, you know, all season he's been growing. And he just starts laying it down. Yeah. And I wish I'd hit record on my phone. We just played it on this. Yeah. I mean, he was giving you the the insides of it. Mm-hmm. This is what I really thought about him. This is, you know, what this is what we plan to do with him. Like, all of this stuff is, like, pretty cool, man. And I'm not going to share it all, but let me just tell you, not. I know. <laughs> of course not. You do know. I know exactly what's up. Okay, so if I go to the Commanders and Cowboys box score. Okay, that... That that was a Wince game and not a good Wince game. Mm-hmm. But what what what? Which one was it though? October second. So there was a later game that there was a Commander Dallas game later than October second. You think it? Sam played on that one? I think I, it I could be the it. second game. So anyway, we're gonna keep going here. But he was also quite muscular for a guy who's like sixty. He's a big dude. Yeah, big dude. So that was awesome. I also have just learned. I just go up to people now. But it's okay. Yeah. And like he enjoyed talking to you, I think. And what was funny too, later in later in the night, you know, there's some bands came up, like Darius Rucker was playing or whatever. So I went up kind of just to get video, and I'm standing right behind him. I didn't even realize I was standing right behind him where he was sitting. And he turns around and he looks at me again. He says, "You're just too close to me, he man." Did. He says, "You're too close to me with that hat. Back off." <laughs> okay, week 18 they played. Sam did well. Week 18, the Cowboys and Commanders. Okay. That, that yeah, wasn't yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, that was a trash game, so yeah, probably. So let's see. The Dallas Cowboys. Too much to play for. Commanders. Commanders won. Mm, yes. Offensive spotlight. I still think that was Heineke. Nope, Sam Helm. Watch really? the quarter. Yeah, I'm right. Dude, I've done this to you twice where I believed you. Well, but no, but I didn't no, but you say also did I didn't it. say one hundred percent. You also did it on Joe Montana. Oh, that was stupid. Oh my god. Washington quarterback Sam Howell played in his first NFL start, completing eleven and nineteen for one sixty nine, a touchdown. He, yeah, it was Sam Howell. Okay. okay. Anyway. Good. Good job. Thank you, Eddie. So, all of that to say, he was awesome. I'm gonna mark it off my list. Okay. I like to tell you the story about how I met Alex Smith. Now, a little bit of Alex Smith played football at Utah. Was a really good quarterback over there. Went to the NFL, played for the Chiefs. Uh, had a ba- bad, played for more, more than just the Chiefs, but had a bad leg injury. Bad injury. People, if he'd walk, much le- walk again, much less play. Came back, got comeback, was comeback player of the year, I believe. Real inspirational story. Could be a Disney movie type stuff, like real injury, bad injury. Well, I see Ben Rector, and I was going to go up because I wore compression. It's really cold up here in the morning. And at night, like really cold. 
And so I wore uh, compre- like Under Armour compression pants under my golf pants. So I wouldn't freeze. I did it day one, but it was like three layers. It was underwear, compression pants, and then pants. And so my pants were a little weirdly tightened. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just wearing the compression pants, no underwear. Big mistake because that spot in between my N and my BH, yep. it like rubbed it raw and cut it. It was bleeding. From those compression pants rubbing it back and forth. Why does he been there talking to somebody who I think could be Charles Kelly or somebody tall? And I walk up and I'm like, dude, I cut my nuts. In the middle of my nuts. So bad. And, and dude turns his head and it's Alex Smith, the quarterback. for. <laughs> and he's like half smiling like he doesn't know if I'm joking or not. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt this. I'm sorry. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm Bobby. I just walked off. Mm. And so I saw Alex again today because we were down doing this golf thing. And I said, hey, man, I'm Bobby. I told you about my nuts yesterday. He goes, he has a really cool way to say hello. And, <laughs> and I said, well, dude, sorry about that. He goes, are you kidding? He said, when you left, I was like, that's an interesting guy. And so, but that's how I met Alex Smith. Wow. And uh, Did when, you talk to him at all after t- that? Today? Yeah. yeah. We talked a lot today okay. because we were, and I'll get to it, we were in the finals of the, yeah. the, the, the uh, hole, hole in one, one closest to the whole championship. So, okay, Alex Smith, awesome. Uh, Jason Bateman. Saw Jason Bateman. No, Eddie spotted him first mm-hmm. and said, there's Jason Bateman sitting right there. And by, I was like, that's Jason himself. Bateman. Yeah, by himself. Long, his like, long hair coming out of his hat. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Jason Bateman? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, wow, that is. And if you had any doubt, again, he had the name tag, Jason Bateman. With sure a, did. With like a picture on Lanyard. it. Just in case you don't know who that is. So <laughs> I didn't go up to him then because we were listening to the rules of the event. And we hung around. We are just talking with everybody. And we were at the very front, and he was talking to somebody, one of the volunteers, and she went to get him something. I'm just standing there. You're standing there. I was like, hey, Jason, how's it going, man? He goes, hey, what's going on? He doesn't know who I am, but he's also trying to figure out if he should, like, if he's met me before at one of these, because everybody just looks like normal golfing people. We're all in basically nerd uniforms, like golf uniforms. Just bought. Yes. All new, of course. <laughs> it smells it's like It's the right first out of the day bag. of school here. We all got our new school clothes. And I'm like, hey, I'm Bobby Bones. He's like, oh, good to meet you, man. It says, first time here. And he says, and then it just turns into, I say, hey, did you play today? And he's like, yeah. He has Eddie, how'd you, how'd you play it? And we're just sitting there talking about golf. As like normal people that have played golf 20 times together or have known each other, we, and five minutes is a long time just sitting and talk. We probably talked for about five minutes. Yeah. And he was so nice. We didn't talk about anything. Nothing about uh, Ozark no, 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 no. or, I, I even forgot he was in Ozark. Yeah. I mean, that's the big one that I think of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it wasn't about what he does or who he is. It was just normal conversation. And so he was so, my, my wife loved Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, who I hadn't met yet, but he was there too. They're on the Smartless podcast together. And so uh, Will Arnett coming up later for sure. And so Jason Bateman, in like three or four times now, we've stopped and talked to each other. Oh, yeah. We met him the first time. And then throughout the week, throughout the week, like he just, you see him. What's up, dude? Mm-hmm. How'd you guys play today? You good? Uh, like just normal. It feels like camp. Yeah. It oh, feels yeah, yeah, like yeah, camp yeah, yeah. where you're like, oh, I met you the first day. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. Everybody's just like in a place where they feel comfortable being everybody. And so folks are just generous. And, and it's not like even a Nashville party, like a CMA party, where everybody's looking over their shoulder to see who else is here. Oh, no. It's not like that at all. Not, not, not one bit. And there was one point I was looking for my wife while I was talking to somebody. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even going to look for her because I don't want anybody to think I'm doing yeah, that yeah. thing. Uh, Jim Nance. Oh, my God. Eddie spotted Jim Nance. Eddie spots everybody. Of course, because I'm the guy looking around. And I can't see. Well, that's true, too. 
And Eddie's like, this freaking Jim Nance. And I'm like, oh my God. Do you know how I spotted Jim Nance? Uh-uh. I heard him. Like, he, you hear him. That's you funny. hear him talking. Like, he was probably, you know, 15 yards away from us, but you hear him talking like that. He does talk like that. He, it's not a broadcast. It's it's normal conversation. He says, you know, I woke up this morning. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Jim Nance. And the first thing I thought was, dang, that's a big dude. Yeah, he's very tall, for sure. Well, he's like he's probably 6'4", six, 6'3", four, six, six, Which four. is crazy because he, he, he looks tiny next mm-hmm. to Romo. So yeah. that means Romo's humongous. So he's there. I don't know how to talk to Jim Nance or if he's even a nice guy. Yeah. And he's not playing. He's there to call the event because mm-hmm. this is a CBS event. And so he's talking, I believe, to Charles Kelly or somebody that I knew. Maybe Charles walked up when we were talking later. He's, Jim Nance is in a conversation. Had just started with somebody that I knew. So I just kind of slid in. I'm just listening, like nodding my head. I have no idea what they're <laughs> talking about. Show up. I'm halfway through the conversation. <laughs> I'm just nodding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is crazy, huh? And so this is the part that blew me away. I said, hey, how's it going, Bobby? I live in Nashville. And he, so does he, for the most part. Yeah. And I was like, hey, we were over Jim near... Jim Nance. Yeah, Jim, Jim Nance. I was like, hey, I uh, was over near your house, whatever, where you live, and we're looking at some property over there, like land, and he was like, oh, yeah. And so he knew I then was for real, because I knew exactly where he lived, and I was looking at a piece of land really close to where he was. And so... But when you introduced yourself, though... He did say, oh, oh, awesome. It's your first year playing. This is great. Like, he knew, already knew what was yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. He did his homework. Bizarre. In the most awesome way. Uh, and the events on the weekend, this was on a Tuesday. Like, he did his homework on a Tuesday. And he won't broadcast till was, Saturday. Was ready to go. It was awesome. Super kind. Love Jim Nance. My wife just told me to hurry up. So I'm not going to hurry, but I'm going <laughs> to go a little. But, there, but there's also a picture of me and Charles Kelly from Lady A and Jim Nance talking in like a triangle I don't know what I was saying, but they're both looking at me. Oh, it's a great picture, dude. It's super cool. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. Um, okay, boom. Jim Nance. Uh, Paul Gasol. Say something about him. Uh, very, oh, my God. I mean, By dude, the way, former Laker. Uh, former Laker, Paul, Paul Gasol. But mm. you see him, and I didn't know who he was. Obviously, I knew he was... I saw somebody really tall. That's all. I a giant like a really person. Tall. Yeah. But I didn't know who it was because, dude, like you said, in golf clothes, everyone kind of looks the same. And I saw his face. Don't know who that dude is. And then eventually I heard somebody say like, hey, that's Paul Gasol. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Dude, he's 7'5", or however tall he is. Gigantic. But we haven't – I haven't talked to him. I Did talked to him on the driving range today for a second. asked him how far something was. And he was like, it's what? in an accent. He was super yeah. nice. But I haven't had a really – and also he's so tall. It's hard to just like casually get into one of his conversations. Because <laughs> you look up. Because it's like you slide in and you're like, hey – it's like your purpose. You have yeah. to be almost too purposeful. Okay, I'll move that one off. Uh, Ray Romano, wildly famous, super funny. I I guess I met Ray. T- did, I, did I meet him today for the first time? I think, yeah, this is the first time we'd seen him. Was it? Yeah, today was the first time we'd seen We've him. We've been at this all day today, so. And it was, and it was early today. Um, Ray and I were on the same par three tournament team, and I think we lost, but we still raised like 40000 bucks or whatever. And he was just super funny and super nice. Hilarious. And I don't know, warm. And at one point we were joking. I was like, if I hit this on the green, you have to give me a piggyback ride to the neck. Because I'd missed the last green by a little bit. And he was like, deal. And then I didn't. And I was like, God dang it. <laughs> that would have been great. But I Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. Crazy. 
Super nice. And he's so good with people. Like, just in yes. the middle of the round, he's like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know, like, just, like, random questions. Because everybody from, was from San Francisco yes. up here, yes. he was giving them crap. So, Ray Romano, awesome. Oh. Will Arnett, who is the voice of Batman in the Lego movie, yes. obviously. Famous for a lot. Of, uh, uh, the Fox show that was funny. Them and Jason Bateman did together. Super funny. Regardless. I don't know. Um, so, I didn't really know Will. I didn't talk to him when he was with Jason. But I go and I play. They they have Eddie and I were gonna go play at a different course today, and I get a call like five minutes before, and they're like, "Hey, don't forget, you're the celebrity closest to the hole, then hole in one championship." And I was like, "Oh crap!" So we jump in a van real quick, fly Fast. across. We had five minutes. We land, we get there, we jump out, time to go. And Will Arnett's in the first heat, and what you do is like, there's like six or seven people in each heat. Were there five or six heats? Uh, there were five groups. Okay. So let's say there's 30 people. Yeah. So you have to, of the six, you have to win yours to get to the finals. And Will Arnett's a pretty good golfer. And funny, but we're down there. I don't really, I'm not getting his way. He wins his heat. And he's sitting in this chair where they put the winners. And so I go and I hit, and I hit pretty good. And You get two shots. You get two shots on the first one. My wife keeps saying, I guess somebody, I guess uh, he wants, he wants to go to bed. He's ready to go to bed. Yeah, it's all right. And so, whatever. Wow, I win. I beat Aaron Rodgers. I beat all these people. So you, you were the closest to the hole out of your group. Yeah. Amazing. I beat Aaron Rodgers. Suck Amazing. It, dude. And even and so you know that, why? You know why? What? Because I got the vaccine. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but even even Jim Nance is like Bobby Bones is the. I mean, dude, it's just amazing. Like it's like you were playing. It's like you were playing the Masters. And there were there was there was. <laughs> Hundreds of people standing around. Yeah. And I'd already hit some girl in the face with the ball oh, earlier, God, which oh, is on my Instagram, God. whole different story. Oh, Will Arnett. And I did an interview together for CBS. With Amanda Balionis. Yes. And we're just like, he jumped in. It was funny. And I was like, I was just trying to be funny back and forth. We just go back and forth, back and forth. It was awesome. I couldn't hear what the interview, what you guys were saying, but whatever you were saying, he was laughing at. And then, but he was just so quick and right back at me. Yeah. I was like, oh God, I got to keep up. Yeah. He was awesome. I'm going to give you two more real quick. Um, Steve Young this saw, him on the, saw him on the putting green This is great And maybe you know, Eddie saw him as, as usual Of course Dude, Steve Young And I'm like oh my god I was more starstruck maybe than anybody mm-hmm. That's usually what happens to us And so then I just kind of walk over Slide in, slide in a group <laughs> He's already talking to someone you yeah, I'm just in. like mm, just hey And so I say hey Mr. Young I'm Bobby huge fan And he goes you said I'm Bobby Bones. Did I say Bones? Mm-hmm. I have to, I say, okay. I'm Bobby Bones. And he said, I listen to you every morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, shut up, shut up. And then he starts like quoting bits. He's like, dude, the other day you guys were talking about whatever. <laughs> like what? Steve Young. Steve Young. Steve freaking Young. And I'm like, okay, well, we talked for a little bit. Super mm-hmm. nice. I kept talking to him all day. Other story. We can do some sets of stuff later. But before we left, he looked at me and goes, hey, do you mind if I get a picture with you? <laughs> And I told him, I said, is Ashton coming out with his trucker hat on? Yeah, where like, is bring this? him back parked. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy, man. He lives near San Francisco and we're on over he there. He takes his daughter to school, he says, and that's what they, they bond on. He's like, they listen to our show. Um, so the final thing is I have to leave now. I can't play in the tournament because I have to go to the Grammys, which you may have seen now. And I'm covering the host of the red carpet and pre-show on E and other CBS or NBC properties, which is awesome, dude. Yes, but I'm awesome. very. I have a, a lot of FOMO because this has been amazing. Well, ATT, yeah. ATT Pro, you should come buy tickets next year. Go to the events. Um, we got to the finals, the hole in one challenge, and I finished third. 
You didn't know there was only going to be one shot. Once it got down to the finals, you had one shot. One shot. I finished. I hit on the green again. You did. Um, and I finished third, and I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, dude. Michael Pena won. And He's a good golfer. I didn't realize he a was three handicap. A yeah. really good golfer. So, but we have to go because that's it. Somebody needs their bedroom. Yep. Twenty five whistles is over. Eddie, thank you for setting this up. Yeah, man. It'll I probably, hope it works. Yeah, me too. God, me too. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> Just a reminder. 25 Whistles, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code BOBBYSPORTS to get in on the action. There's so much. I mean, we're talking about the Super Bowl where you have all the, all the fun extra bets. You get the coin. All the prop bets. You got the national anthem. The Gatorade color. Mm. And some people even get crazy and bet on the game. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Yes. So, you know, we put an in-game parlay up. So check it out. If you want to take the 25 Whistles Parlay, you can check out the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's amazing. New users use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. So Mike D back here in the 25 Whistles studio. We're about to get into our interview with Coleman Crawley. He's a college basketball handicapper and mid-major basketball reporter who just quit his job. He's traveling around the country going to all these mid-major games leading up to March Madness. Bobby found him super interesting, so wanted to get him on the podcast. He wanted to talk to him about this science project he had when he was 14 years old on sports betting that was deemed unethical. Coleman also made the news after he chased down Big Cat from Barstool outside of their headquarters to try and get his first break into the industry. And you can follow him on Twitter and TikTok at SharpShotSelect. Here's our interview with Coleman Crawley. Coleman, how are you, buddy? Great. How are you? Good to talk to you. Eddie, I'm glad that you can meet Coleman. I have never met Coleman, but... And this is my friend, Eddie Coleman. my best friend. We do the show together. I think Eddie's also going to be super intrigued by you because I am. But uh, (laughs) Coleman, I do want to start with this before we talk about what you're doing now. Will you talk about what happened to you when you were 14 years old and and you had to come up with a science fair project? Yes. So I was in sixth grade. I think I may have actually been 12. um, And I had to come up with a science fair project. I got to be honest, it was actually my dad's idea. Um, But I was the one who executed everything. So I decided for my science fair project to see if I could find trends within data to beat Vegas. Um, so for the first 10 weeks of the college football and the NFL season, I studied all 32 NFL teams in the preseason top 25 in college football. From those 57 teams, I took the 10 biggest outliers and placed fake bets on them over the course of the next three weeks. And I went 17 and six. So obviously I got a very good grade on my science fair project. When I went on to the regional, um, they gave me third place. Top two moved on to state. They then spoke to me afterwards and said I would have been the clear winner, but they felt it was unethical to move the gambling <laughs> project on. This was 2008, so different times. Wow. <laughs> science fair project on sports betting. Gambling. I love awesome. it. So, yes. But your dad also, pro- I mean, maybe he was a bit progressive and understood that gambling is not only for degenerates it's actually entertainment and if you're good at it you could actually do something with it yeah i mean i think he just saw that i had a love for math numbers being competitive and thought he'd put those two together i don't think he saw a son that um i guess was so competitive it would it would develop into a habit but um that's definitely what happened (laughs) he's not much of a gambler didn't probably think i would be but ended up becoming one from it it's just funny he fought the spread at 12 years old yeah like i that's the one of the funniest things i've heard forever i went over to coleman's uh, twitter page 
And I was just kind of scrolling, watching some of his stuff because what he's doing right now is very interesting. And when I saw his science fair project tweet, I laughed out loud. It's just a kid standing with like a, you know, the three prong, how it's like the middle and it's like open like a cardboard thing. And it's him standing there next to it. You <laughs> see the picture? Yes. That's definitely a school project. That's 12. And yeah. yes. it's, it's sports, but that's awesome. Uh, so thank Coleman, you, you've always you. been a massive basketball guy or has it been all sports all the time? No, um, definitely basketball has been my main focus growing up. My dad was a high school basketball coach, so that certainly pulled me to basketball. But I love all sports for sure. So here's how I got to know who Coleman was. Come on. I was sitting at Caitlin's parents' house. We were in Fort Gibson, and we were watching a Fort Gibson high school basketball game because that's what her, her dad likes to do. And so we were <laughs> watching it. And what's your brother's first name, Coleman? Cooper. So Cooper's out, and they're playing like the number five team in the conference. It's like number five, whomever, Fort Gibson, who big underdogs. And Cooper just is knocking them down. It's like three-pointer, three-pointer. And Cooper doesn't look like this crazy athlete. He just – he's like a <laughs> Not. normal guy. But all of a sudden, Cooper like takes over the game with the shooting. And I'm like, God dang, look at this guy. And they go, well, his brother, Coleman, is into the sports and sports betting and – He's driving around to every mid-major watching every team so he knows whenever it's time for March Madness who you should bet on. Wow. And I was like, tell me more. So I learned the whole thing, <laughs> and, I, and I messaged Coleman, and I was like, bro, you got to tell me about this. So tell all of our listeners now, what are you in the process of doing when I talk about your traveling around? What exactly – where are you traveling and why? So uh, the goal of what I'm doing is basically trying to find Cinderella before she's at the ball. So what started me on this journey – was I didn't believe the small and mid-majors were getting enough coverage. You know, they make these runs. You look at St. Peter's, makes a run to the Elite Eight last year in late March. Um, I looked up the average attendance of each D1 school. St. Peter's averaged 526 people at their home games. Wow. Syracuse in the same state averaged 17,000 in the Carrier Dome. They didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So we have a high level of basketball being played that I believe is not getting enough recognition. And so I knew due to these low attendance numbers – man, I can get right behind the bench or right behind the goal, something like that, and get great footage of a really high level of basketball being played and hopefully shed more light on it beyond these teams in January and February before they make their run in March. It's rare that someone does something original in a place where there almost is no originality. And that's, <laughs> to me, like he found a niche that wasn't being focused on. And aside from just being interested, I was like, that's brilliant. This kid's way smarter than I am. And you're a kid. You're like, what, 11 now? Like, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm 26. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's right. married, though, too, right? You're married? Yes, I am married. And I asked that question. My wife would never let me drive to every game. <laughs> like, right. I get, what does she say about this? So um, she's actually in social media. Um, so she does social media marketing for several companies. And when I originally told her idea, she was like, man, this is just – so original and she's known about my passion in college basketball for obviously the last several years um she thought this was something that i couldn't not do so she is without a doubt my rock gives me just the most irrational confidence to do something crazy like this um but she's come out with me on the road for four games three days already and then i actually had to come home to quit my job to pursue this full time so i took a day off yesterday i'd been to games for 27 straight days and she'll hit the road with me for another week. So definitely will be great to spend time with her. But incredible to have her support. I couldn't do it without it. <laughs> I, I, if your dad was a basketball coach, and I'm going to be very intrusive here, how do you have money to even do this? Because it's not like you're, right. you're coming from uh, generations of wealth. No, no, definitely not. My parents both public school educators. Um, so I worked in sales. 
And um, for I was an employee benefits consultant working in sales. And so I kind of had this idea in my head. I developed it back in the summer and thought, okay, I'm going to work my butt off, try to get a decent amount of commission. We, you know, get paid commission at the end of the year and then use that commission to then kickstart these next two months. And hopefully I strike up enough engagement, enough eyeballs that someone sees that, man, I could use this guy full time with his grind, his knowledge of the game, things like that. What to you, and this would be funny because this is how it would happen. You say full time, like what what do you feel like would be good pay if someone were to hire you? I mean, shoot, I don't know. Like to do this full time, I mean sixty K. Okay. So if that, someone said, Coleman, I got sixty K, I, I need you to travel to these games. It doesn't have to be mid major, it can be because that's a big part of what you do. And I need you to do a podcast based on it. You would go, I'm in. Yes. Yeah. Especially at 60 K if I got expenses covered, if not, it would maybe need to, to be a little bit more, but I mean, even if this is something that I'm doing for the the months of college basketball season, and then I've got another job when it's not college basketball season. I mean, I have loved this so much that I, I want this to be a part of what I do in my life. He's so legit. Yeah. Just and, and he so loves legit. it. Like you can tell he yeah. loves what he's doing. Like this is so inspiring. Yeah. It's and, so- Thank you, Bobby, to give your in-laws a shout out. To be honest, a, a person that gave me the confidence to to do this was Tyler Parker. Um, I gave him a call about two years ago. It was like, hey, man, I made this. Uh, so <laughs> kind of to back to what kickstarted this whole thing. When COVID hit, I decided I'd done all this work to um, try to be a bracketologist like Joe Lunardi, basically predict what 68 teams will be in the field. Well, when we don't get an NCAA tournament, I was like, man, I've just done all this for nothing. I've got to put some use to it. So I made a fake selection show, put it out on YouTube, and then went through (laughs) my fake 68 teams who would have won had we had a tournament, COVID not canceled it. So I had enough people reaching out saying that, man, you've got a talent in this. You should pursue this. Then I called Tyler, and I just wanted to hear Tyler's story of his come up working for the ringer and things like that. Um, and he basically gave me the confidence to be like, yeah, dude, just cause you're from Fort Gibson, y- you can do it. You've got a passion for it. You're knowledgeable, just be who you are and you'll find a way. Um, and so he was definitely an inspiration in initially kickstarting this. So he's traveling around. Are you just in a car? Is that what you are? I mean, you're just in the car going. Yes. My, uh, Honda Accord has been very faithful <laughs> to me. And you did, t- you did 27 <laughs> days straight where you didn't come home. Correct. What? I mean, we tour, and but we like we have a bus or a plane, you know, and that's like five days. Yeah, this is hard living. And, and we're like, I'm so tired. <laughs> Twenty seven days in like Ramadas. You have a bunch of points now for like. Yeah, I'm, I've been using uh, no free ads, I guess, but Hotels.com, and so I get a couple stamps for every time I stay somewhere, and then eventually after ten stamps get a free one. So that's kind of my point system. Do you notice that some of these mid-majors, and this is your first year to do this, but yes, do you feel like some of the portal guys that come from bigger schools and they will drop down to a, a, a mid-major actually makes the mid-majors more competitive, especially going into a season like now, because it's some of the guys who maybe did not get a good shot or they learned that they did not take full advantage of their opportunity at a bigger school? Absolutely. I I think there's a misconception that um, the portal is hurting the small and mid-majors. Now, for those mediocre or below average small and mid-majors that 
they had one particular player average 20 points a game and he decides, you know what, this team isn't good enough. I'm going to a power six. It's hurting those guys, the bottom of the mid of mid and small major. But up at the top, if you look at, you know, some of the schools that, for example, have gotten to keep all their players, no one's transferred. That experience, that continuity of playing together is such a huge advantage. And I think that's why we're seeing more upsets even now than in the past. And I think we'll continue to see more. And then to your point, you take an Iona, for example, that's got Rick Patino, that's able to bring in these power six guys that maybe didn't love their previous destination that, hey, let's dominate this small conference, get to the NCAA tournament. Um, I definitely think there's been an advantage for the top of mid-major with the transfer portal. We're going to pause the interview for one second. And now the stage is set. We're counting down to the battle in Arizona. No better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 and free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg that you add up to 100%. This is it, baby. Let's go. Other than this, in the NCAA tournament, this is it. This is what you this is what we've been working towards. I don't know what that means, working towards, but we're getting <laughs> this there. This is it, though. That's right. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code Bobby Sports. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 and free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Bobby Sports. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369. See show notes for full details. Which school have you gone to? That you go, dang, there's some real passion here. It may be not be in the numbers, but just in the overall effort of the student body or the town you were you're impressed by. Um, East Tennessee State was really neat. So I went there. They're actually having a down year. They're, they're one of the programs that were most impacted by COVID. They had a 30-win season in 2020. We're going to get a great seed in the NCAA tournament and then didn't get to play that tournament. They're having a down year this year. Um, but I got to meet with their student section. They've got a group called Party Bucks and a group called Buck Wild, I think, that is basically trying to increase student engagement. It's based around mental health awareness and you mattering, having a place for someone to go um, and, and have a good time spending time with their fellow classmates. So that was really neat to me to see an organization like that, people going out supporting their athletic team classmates. Um, and I, I hope things like that are being started at other programs. That was a college that I was like, man, you guys are having a down year this year, but you're still coming out and supporting this way. That was very cool. Who is it that you've seen and you go, dang, if they were in the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, they'd actually be just competing right now as is? Man, that that's a tough question. I, I would maybe say Marshall. So they've got a guy in Tavion Kinsey that's absolutely going to be a pro. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter, but is ridiculously athletic as well. Dan Tony is their coach. The Dan Tony's absolutely no offense. They put up 89 points in the game that I watched. Um, because of their scoring ability and ability to get hot from the perimeter, and then they've also got athleticism as well and size, I don't think anyone's wanting to see them in the NCAA tournament or would even want them in their conference like you asked in the Big Ten. I mean, the guy knows – I don't even – I never heard of some of these schools. And he's no. like, here's who's the third-string guard. Pretty amazing. This is yeah. the coach's uncle. He play, uh, You played ball back in the day. Uh, how do you feel about – because I know what I heard about you playing ball, but how, how would you define your basketball playing career? Um, I was a shooter, and that was about it. 
Um, so yeah, if, if anyone needs a 26 year old, that's a complete <laughs> defensive liability, but could spread the floor a little bit on offense, then, uh, I would love to keep playing some college ball. Yeah. I heard you could shoot the, shoot the eyes out of cat. Like he was that kind of shooter. Wow. That's a, it's a pretty good compliment from the Parker family over there. Well, listen, man, um, I'm rooting for you. If you guys want to follow him on Twitter, sharp shot select, wait, how, what sharp, what, what, why that? What's, what the heck is even that? I, I just like alliteration. I don't know. Maybe it's my name, Coleman Crawley. I I just thought, um, all right, if I and originally when I made that Twitter, it was supposed to be for gambling picks. So sharp shot select, I thought was catchy. <laughs> what did your job say when you're like, yo, peace out? I'm gonna go drive so around my, and watch Southern Rhode Island <laughs> Cousin University. Yeah. My boss is an incredible man. He's been an incredible mentor. Mark Christian is his name. And I knew I could just be transparent with him because he's always been nothing but transparent and honest with me. He was baffled, taken aback that I wanted to do this, but he's always known um, that I've been very passionate about sports, basketball in particular, college basketball. So as much as it stunned him, he saw kind of the passion in my voice and my eyes and, um, he, he allowed me to take a couple vacation weeks to pursue it and see if it was having success. So I really appreciated that. And then I saw it having enough success that I had to let him know, hey, I'm, hey, I'm quitting. So he was upset to lose me, but I, I was so grateful for his mentorship and allowing me to pursue it um, while keeping my job originally. Pretty inspiring. Yeah. Can I ask him a question? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, um, Coleman, so how many how many um, pools have you won? Like how many March Madness pools have you won in your lifetime? See, that's the thing. I feel (laughs) like I'm not great in March Madness, and I feel like anyone could be great in March Madness. You know, you hear those stories of, um, oh, someone's cousin won because they picked the teams based on color or whatever. So on occasion, I'll have a great year. But March Madness is just so unpredictable, and I feel like that's why we love it so much. You never know what's going to happen. So I haven't won many, Eddie. Okay. All right. If he would have said all, I'd have <laughs> yeah. been like, you're full of crap. I want to see yeah. this. Yeah. It's always like Eddie's aunt's mailman who I mean, wins ours anyway. My son won it last year. Yeah, like, he, was just, <laughs> he didn't know what he's doing. And also, too, like, are you a one-bracket guy or you do multiple brackets? No, I'm a one-bracket guy. To be honest, I... I feel like it's shameful to do more than exactly. one bracket. It's like, well, my my B bracket is <laughs> yes. terrific. Who cares? Exactly. It's like having a fantasy football team, but you draft all the different players. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like, hear- one of them's going to work out. Yes. If, you do it that way. if I do get in more than one bracket, I do the same exact bracket. One, so exactly. I can keep up with it. And two, because I'm not a chump. Basically. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You guys right. are passionate about this that's one. Weird. All right. <laughs> all right. Coleman Crawley, you guys go on Twitter, sharp. Shot select on Instagram, Coleman 13 Crawley. Is that your basketball mm-hmm. number? Yeah. You hold yeah, on to that? Number. <laughs> family number. <laughs> okay, family number. Uh, look, well, we'd love to talk to you again as basketball gets closer and closer to March. Just, man, keep grinding. That's it. Absolutely. It, there are a lot of people with talent, but it's how they use it. And there's a lot of people without a whole lot of talent that use it in such a way that they're just undeniable. And you're very talented, very smart guy, but – just grind. I like. I know right now we're talking to a guy who's going to. He's going to be five, oh, five years yeah. from now. He's going to be running the thing. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, Coleman. Good to talk to you, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Thank you so much, Bobby, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. All right, Coleman. See you, man. <laughs>